This is Younger Older, a dialogue between generations. Welcome to Younger Older with Nate and Dave. Normally it's with Jason and Dave. We come to you from the studios at Relate365.com. That's a division of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. So we invite you to go to those websites and check things out. Also, if you want any of these programs, you're welcome to go back and download them. Uh, the ones with Nate, the ones with Jason. There's a guy, Todd, we do them with. I seem to be the older guy, and we've got a bunch of other younger guys that come in and we talk to. And the goal really is to sit around a table, which we literally are doing, and to have an intergenerational discussion just because it rounds the edges a little better. Uh, those of us in my age bracket don't have all the answers. Those that are young don't have all the answers. You get together, you get to put some things together and try and, and understand what the truth is. We've been talking uh, with Nate about his journey through cancer. Um, uh, he ended up being diagnosed with a really strange kind of uh, colon cancer. Correct me if I'm wrong by my description. Yeah, it's a, uh, the treatment for it is the same treatment for colon cancer, but it's not a colon cancer. Yeah, so it's a little different. you got mm -hmm. tumors in different places. Now you're struggling with bone and bone density and strength and your back bone, back's broken in a few places or mm -hmm. at least cracked a, a few places. Yeah, the uh, one vertebrate in my lower back is completely fractured, and then one in the lumbar region is, I think, partially fractured. Yeah. And then there's uh, two vertebrate that have uh, metastasized tumors in it. And then I have a rib that has a tumor in it. Yeah. Well, you know what, Nate? I have to say I appreciate your attitude because every time you come back and you've got some bad news, um, you're not ready to jump off a bridge. You know what I mean? You're, you're, not, you're not doing that. And I think that's a really important thing for people to see. Why is it that you can handle the bad news? Because I have you know, a relationship with God. Okay. That, now, I that sounds good. But focused. What, how, does that, how does that – what does that mean exactly? is you're looking down, say, uh, in a room, and you've got a bunch of people in there. God is sitting at, you know, the far end of it, and you get all this commotion going on. You know, my goal and my hope is that I always stay focused on God, right? regardless of what news I find out, whether it's good or bad. Because once you start losing sight of that, that's where fear sets in. That's where doubt and that's where you become depressed and you really lose sight of, you know, perspective. And uh, so far I have not lost sight of God. You know, it's, uh, I know my parents, I pray, my wife prays, you know, constantly, you know, keep that perspective, you know, keep focused on God. Because aside from him, it's, it, it'll be a mess. Okay, let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you convinced that God loves you? Absolutely. Okay. And you got you understand that from being in the scriptures and understand what mm -hmm. the Bible says and, and obviously it's Holy Spirit revealing that to you. Uh, do you think that God will do what's right in your life and for your family? Of course. There's See? no doubt. And and that's how you're acting. Yep. So really when you look at your actions, they usually are, are coming from a, a belief system. Mm -hmm. And your belief system is either based on truth or a lie. Yep. If it's based on a lie, you're going to know that pretty quickly mm -hmm. because things you're, you're going to be anxious, depressed, angry, upset. And you know, it's really weird. Let, let's say that 
everything goes extremely uh, positive as far as your your health goes, Nate. And and you know, two years from now, you're looking back at this, going, you're completely cancer free, and you know that would be a wonderful thing. And I bet you, you would look back on the journey and say, I'm so glad I went through it mm-hmm. because of what it did to me as a human being. I say that now, was I pray? I thank God for what He's given me because it is. I believe this is strength in my faith in God even more so. It's because I'm I rely on Him even more than I have before. You know, it's a it's hard to say you should always rely on Him regardless, but it's, oh, it grows, yeah, and it, it's growing even more because yep. it's you know I have no other place to go except Him. He yeah. is. He is the one constant. You know, my family, friends, you know, they're constant, but they're not constant like God. And they won't be. There's no possible mm-hmm. way they can be. And what's interesting is we go to another scenario where, let's say, nothing works, and physically you end up deteriorating, and you end up dying and going into the presence of the Lord. Now, you're still not going to regret that you trusted God and loved no. him. He's still the one that's going to take care of your wife and your children, and now you're facing him. Mm-hmm. And, and so either way, if you don't have a relationship, if they're listening to us today and they don't have a relationship with God, the sin in this world has separated you from God. And that's why God loved you enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross so Absolutely. that your sins could be paid for and you could be in a relationship with him because one day that's all that's going to matter. And what I find is interesting, Nate, is the Bible tells us that Jesus came to die, and it doesn't say that he came to die so we would end up in heaven. It says he came to give us life. Mm -hmm. So the reason you can go through a hard time or any circumstance is because of Jesus and because of his Holy Spirit working in your life and because you know who he is and you can trust him. So those who don't have Christ, I have no way to help them. Mm Mm-hmm. Except for, say, take some medicine, hope it feels better. I, I don't know what else to do on that. But with God, there's an answer, and you demonstrate that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Bible, um, I want to share Luke 16 with you and the listeners. Um, I often think about the rich man and Lazarus. It's a story. Luke is, is in the New Testament, if you're not familiar with the Bible, and it's a story that Jesus was talking about. He said this, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen who was feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. They paint a picture pretty clear here. There's one guy that has everything, big house, all that kind of stuff. He throws his scraps out to this other guy sitting outside. And this other guy doesn't have much health. I mean, he's sitting there. He can't move much. Dogs come up and lick him, you know, all kinds of things. So there's a contrast in life. Verse 22 of chapter 16 says... The poor man died and was carried by angels to Abraham's side. I want to stop there for a second. The poor man died and was carried. Think of that for a moment. He was never alone. Mm -hmm. The moment his eyes closed on this earth, he was carried by angels. Now, Nate, I, I don't have anywhere where I can prove anything in life here, but I do know... Um stories of people who have uh, you know one moment they're here the next moment they're not they're sick and they're it it almost always seems like there's somebody in the room like they see someone i'm not sure about that but what i find out from this scriptural passage 
is that should the day come where you close your eyes on this earth, you will never be alone. You'll be escorted to the king. You will be in the arms of angels who will take you to where you need to go. Mm -hmm. So you're never alone. You're never abandoned if you're in God's family. Never. This is a very comforting, comforting feeling. Now, let me, let me go and contrast it with mm -hmm. what they say about the other guy. It says, the poor man died, was carried by angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, comma. One was carried, one was buried. That's not a, a, an emphasis by mistake. Mm -hmm. So one, the life here wasn't the end. One of them, everything the guy lived for, it was the end of. He was a, again, this is not teaching that rich people are bad and poor people are not. I'm, this is not what this passage teaches. If you go through, th this rich guy anyway, he, he, was, he died and says, comma, the rich man also died, was buried, and in Hades or hell being tormented, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his side. Now he saw the opposite. So the rich man was in this place where he's being tormented, and he looked up and he saw Lazarus not being tormented. Now, this is a significant story in the Bible because Jesus is saying it. And Jesus is the only one that understands life and death and what happens. Mm -hmm. So if he's talking about what happens after death, you might want to pay attention <laughs> because he's laying it out exactly as it happens. Those who are in God's family, you, Nate, if something were to happen to you where you don't pull through this and you close your eyes one day, I want to promise you, you won't be alone, that God's messenger, whoever it is, will meet you and make sure that you are cared for. Mm -hmm. And your family can rest in that. It, this is the most important thing that somebody can understand. Now, what's, what I find interesting is that uh, if you read that passage, and I would love the listeners to go do that, you find that the rich guy then asks a, has a request. Mm -hmm. um, he, he wanted, I mean, the place of torment was such that he would love to, to have just a moment of relief by having a finger dipped in water and put on his tongue. It tells you a little bit about those who refuse God and what eternity is going to be like. It is hopeless. Yep. It, but then his request was, well, could you send Lazarus back from the dead? to tell my brothers that this place is real. That's all he wanted. What, what's interesting to me is this, Nate, that this guy who spent his whole life focusing on now, the moment, money, business, mm -hmm. status, eating well, whatever, same fate as the poor guy. Same thing happens to him. They die. Yep. The poor guy, because he had time to have a relationship with God, it seems. He had time. He had nothing else to do. He's sitting around. Dogs are looking. I mean, he has time. Mm -hmm. When he dies, forever and ever is fine because his heavenly father took care of it. The rich guy just says, please, if Lazarus would go back, see, he would be a guy that it would be so amazing that he came back that my brothers would listen to him. Right now, Nate, I can't help but believe that there's some people listening here that, that have not been listening to God. They have not been listening to his messengers. There, there perhaps are people in your own family that have avoided God. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know, but I'm just throwing it out here. This is the time for them to see. The message is very clear. You cannot ignore God. 
if you're too busy in this life making sure you have car payment, make sure you have this, make sure you do that, make sure you have a house, make sure you have whatever it might be, and, and you're living the good life and that's where your focus is, you're going to die just like everybody else. And when you do, you're going to either be carried or buried. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes back to you're looking in a room crowded with people. Where are you focusing? And that focus as a believer should always be on Christ. Absolutely. And I, I would guess just knowing you and, and spending time with you here that your great desire is for your entire family and all your friends and the people that you meet, the doctors and nurses that are working on you, that they would come to the place where they understood and responded to God's love, where they too, when they go through the moments like you are, that they will have the spirit living with them that will allow them to go through it victoriously mm-hmm. and not uh, people who are in despair, anxiety, depression from it all. Mm-hmm. But, but be victorious both in life and in death. Yep. It's, a, it's amazing the conversations that you can have with people. When I was in the ER on uh, Monday, uh, one of the nurses, uh, as we were getting uh, discharged, uh, just talking with him, and uh, he kind of made a comment, uh, it seems like all the good people that are willing to help others, uh, for those who don't know, I'm an EMT, uh, the nurse was also an EMT right. for the area as well. And, you know, the people that are willing to volunteer and help people always seem to get this. And uh, I explained to him, it's, we live in a sin-cursed world. Yes, we do. And we're all subject to sin. And I don't know if this, you know, if he was a believer or not, but, yeah, you know, he was listening intently. And it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. You know what? It, this is great. We're going to continue our discussion as we take a little break here and come back to younger and older. Uh, again, Relate365.com is where you go to download if you've missed some of this or you've missed some of the other episodes that we've talked about. So we invite you to go there and get that. Uh, this is Nate and Dave from Relate365, Division of Silver Birch Ranch. Welcome back to Younger and Older with Nate and Dave. If you're a regular listener at Relate365.com. You know that normally it's Jason and Dave. Sometimes it's Todd and Dave. Today it's Nate and Dave. And again, it doesn't matter. It's a younger guy and Dave. And so I'm beginning to think, Nate, I'm the oldest guy in the world. <laughs> because whoever comes here, I'm the older of the younger older. I need, to, I need to find somebody older than me and do the younger older and I'm the younger. Maybe we'll go get Dave LaPella. Yeah, he's older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the trouble with that is sometimes they can't hear. <laughs> Did I say that on the air? I, I, I won't, no, I won't say anything. I guess I can't run for public office because I, <laughs> I just offended like everybody out there. And I'm making fun of myself, and Dave's a good friend, mm-hmm. and he is somebody who's older than I am, but he does struggle a little bit hearing at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, so do a lot of my other friends, so it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> my wife and I sometimes will joke about it. Uh, she'll say something, I'll go, what? And she'll go, eh? You know, and it's like, oh, stop it. Um. There are some things that happen, though, that you can't control. I, I went to, uh, I was getting my, I don't know if I told a story here, but I was getting my teeth cleaned. And as I was getting my teeth cleaned, the uh, hygienist was saying, you know, I'm going to clean your teeth and do this. And I said, be careful. The ones up there are a little sensitive. I said, I'm getting old. And she looked at me and goes, thank you. And I said, thank you for what? For telling me that you're getting old because... Most people come in here and go, I don't know what's wrong. I got this pain in my tooth. And I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking, how do I tell them you're getting old? <laughs> because that's pretty normal with your age. But if you think, boy, this is abnormal and I can't go through this. It's like, what do you want me to do? You can't reverse your age. 
And most people don't like to be told. And they don't want to be older. told they're getting older. <laughs> so I started off with, I said, I'm getting older, so I guess I have these problems. And she just, it was really funny to me because she looked so relieved when I said it. And I thought, are you kidding me? That's, that's what's, I, I'm glad I can make your day by telling you I'm older. <laughs> but I say that about everything. I start limping and someone goes, you got a, you got a bad leg? No, I'm old. Oh, <laughs> it's like, okay, enough that of that. That takes care of 90% of the problem. You know what? My leg goes, it gets bad and then good. I don't know, understand it. There's things. You're going through something that some people have never experienced, but more people in our country have than uh, we probably realize. You're going through chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. How often do you have to go through this? Uh, the regiment that I'm on, it's every two weeks. Okay. Uh, and I'll go in. Yeah, typically I get it on a Wednesday, so I get the treatment on a Wednesday. Uh, I'm at the cancer center for about two and a half, three hours, and then I get a portable pump that then delivers a slow remaining dose over 48 hours. Okay. Um, so kind of walk you through the process. Yeah, I was going to say, what is a treatment? I mean, you go for a treatment, it's, you know, it's like for lice, you know, that kind of thing, or <laughs> smear peanut butter. Yeah, whatever, whatever you got to do. I mean, what is what is a chemo treatment consist of? Uh, so, I typically go in. They do blood work. Uh, they check different levels. Uh, one number they're very concerned with is the white blood cell count. They don't want that too low because then uh, right makes sense. Yep, because the chemo will affect the white. So blood you're more cell susceptible count. to colds and yep. flus and. Uh, for me, uh, a medical emergency uh, on chemo is if I get a temperature of 100.4. Okay. Uh, whereas for somebody who's not on chemo, that's just a normal fever. Right, but right. for me, it's uh, because the white blood cell count would be low. Sure. It's very hard for my body to fight off uh, illnesses. So if you have a cold, don't come give Nate a hug. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. Um, so, yeah, it's a... Uh, so Go in for the appointment. Uh, they draw up blood. I have a port that's been surgically implanted in my uh, upper left shoulder, which is wonderful because it's uh, one poke in there, and they can access the blood. That's where the uh, the chemo is administered, so I don't have to sit there and get poked a gazillion times in my arm trying can to get you put, an IV going. Can you put coffee directly in there? I haven't tried yet. I uh, wouldn't, I guess, but <laughs> I'm just wondering if, if you put, like, caffeine in there, if you feel better. <laughs> I'll try that when no, we're done here, and I'll could, let you know. Could you ask the doctor first? I don't want to. I don't want to be the cause of something. Right. Um, so they'll draw blood up, uh, and it takes them roughly about twenty minutes to to get the numbers back. Uh, kind of a, a little side note: one of the numbers they monitor uh, for me has been very elevated. My last uh, one that I had this Wednesday, that number is starting to trend down. Uh, which is a good sign. It's showing that the chemo is doing what it's supposed to do. Oh, good. Um, so uh, once they figure all that, usually I meet with a doctor for about 20 minutes and kind of go through, you know, uh, different, you know, how you feeling, anything different, uh, see if I need any refill on meds. And then I go back to, uh, it's a kind of a large room. They've got several different stations where you get Chemo so it's kind of a party. They got a bunch oh, yeah. of people, bunch of people getting chemo there. A yeah, bunch of sick people, yeah. and uh, it's a, a lot of times it's the same people that you'll see uh, there because you know usually it's a it's the same regiment that people get whether right. it's you know they go on a weekly basis, biweekly, some of them you know once a month. Uh, it all depends on what it is. Uh, the regiment that I'm getting is called Full Fox, 
uh, you can go on, you know, line and you know research that. There's three different uh, chemicals in there that they that I get, and it's slowly administered over. Uh, it's about two to two and a half hours. So I get two and two and a half so hours. So you need to bring something to read there. or something to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of times, uh, our senior pastor has uh, just stopped by and we chit chat, and uh, it's something that uh, I'm very fortunate. The senior pastor of our church. Uh, I've been friends with him for a very long time, so it's so that's uh, good. You know, very nice to be just able to talk. You know, I have an iPad where I do reading, and uh, this last time I took a nap because it's a quiet place where I don't have kids shouting. And, that's right. Um, so it's uh, they slowly administer the the medication over uh, that you know, amount of time before they actually start the chemo. They give you some prep drugs. One of them's a steroid. And then one's an anti-nausea med, because oh. uh, uh, one of the side effects of chemo is nausea, and I've got a lot of medication to combat nausea, which is great. So, what do the steroids do? Keep keep you like I, Arnold Schwarzenegger? I, <laughs> kind of boost the immune system because uh, the chemo does wipe you out. Oh. Usually, right after the treatment, I'm pretty shot, but that night, uh, I'm usually wide awake. Just that's the steroids kicking in. So um, your days of professional football are over. Oh yeah, because you would test right out of it. Oh yeah, test positive on that, yeah. and then my back having fractures. You get a stuff. fine. Oh, yeah. yeah, no good. <laughs> um, so what? What side effects? I mean, it, it, you're put, you're putting this thing in your body that is deadly to certain places. Yeah, I guess. What What are the other? Are you? Uh, do you get irritable? Are you? I mean, what is, What are you finding it's doing to you? The what I've noticed. Um, the second and the third time that I've had this is the third treatment is uh, roughly about five hours from when the I'm done and about five hours after I get like a weird cramping in my lips, my tongue. So like talking is really weird. I'll get tongue tied. Oh, funny. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's uh, like if my kids are doing something that they shouldn't be doing, trying to yell at them is rather humorous. Yeah, I guess. Because <laughs> I get tongue tied. Um, another side effect that I get, and it's usually last, um, about five days after the treatment is, uh, very hypersensitive to cold. Okay. Like, uh, if I drink cold water, um, anybody that's had a very bad cold where they're coughing a lot, uh, that your throat gets raw. If I drink cold water, I get that feeling in the back of my throat. Um, you live in northern Wisconsin, so it's so warm here. <laughs> exactly. I think it's, what, two degrees out yeah, right Yeah, it now. is. It's pretty cold today. Um, my skin becomes very sensitive to cold. Like if I grab something cold, I'll get a pins and needle feeling in wow. my hands. Uh, my face, uh, if it's really cold, feels like it's burning. And so I think God had a sense of humor when he decided to reveal all this. Like, ha-ha, yeah. we're going to have him go through this in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Now your kids, like you said, you you come home and you may have you may struggle with being too cold, or you may struggle with uh, speaking to them. Do they understand at all? Are, are you have young children? How yep. old are they? Uh, six years old, three year old, and two year old. Okay, so do they, do they have any understanding that you're going through some uh, difficult moments? That and how do they respond as just they, young children? The my two girls, uh, they're the youngest. They they know daddy is sick. And I think that's about the bulk of their understanding. On this past Monday, uh, because we called the wound up calling the ambulance to take me into the hospital, yep. so we had a lot of people in the house. 
my wife, uh, she came to the hospital later. Uh, she actually sat down with my oldest and kind of explained, you know, daddy has cancer, you know, he's getting, you know, chemotherapy and, you know, in his mind, it's, we don't know how he's processing it, right? but it's, he, he knows. Yeah. And, you know, or it's kind of one of those, how do you approach that with, you know, your kids? Because it's, they're so young and that limited understanding, but we don't want to hide it from them. Yeah. But we also don't want to scare them. Yeah. So it's a, you know, if anybody, you know, prayer warriors out there, you know, that's a, it's a huge prayer request for, you know, my wife and I is just how do we approach our kids? Yeah. And, you know, and I, I guess I encourage you to continue. God will give you wisdom. Mm-hmm. And as you've leaned on him all along, I think, you know, every child is different. Every person yeah. is different. Uh, we had the privilege of being with your children when you had to go in. And I was looking for, I, I wanted, you know, first of all, it was a very cold, snowy day, so they were probably inside all day. So oh, yeah. their energy level was up a little bit. <laughs> what kid's energy yeah. level is not up? Which is fine. <laughs> but um, trying to be sensitive, and, and I saw that the girls were very sensitive, I think, to mm-hmm. just wanting to sit on your lap. Yep. I mean, that's how they're responding, it seems. Well, they, when the... Before the ambulance came, both of my girls, uh, you know, they were, they wanted to, you know, climb on me and sit. Yeah. Uh, they were hugging me and, you know, as painful as it was to have them there, I, you know, I was not going to push them away. Right. And your son looked like he was processing it through excess energy. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm yep. just trying to do it. And I think that's pretty normal. I think you have to let um, the personalities come out. Mm-hmm. And deal with things as they come up, uh, as honestly and tactfully as you can, um, I think. But um, the, the opportunities for you and your wife to live a normal life in front of them, mm-hmm. you know, they, they will learn how to go through a crisis by watching you go through this. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll see the tumor shrink and you get better and they will have lived through something that will have shown them this is how you go through things when you get bad news and and be able to look back on that all their lives and say, you know what? Yeah, God does make a big difference. Mm-hmm. And and without God, there's no way to go through this. Because people without God, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, you can't do it. And they're they're watching you, and they're watching your friends who mm-hmm. don't come over and panic and don't come over and, you know, they, they talk about uh, caring for you, loving God, and doing what needs to be done. So uh, The first thing that, you know, when this whole thing started, is I couldn't imagine going through this without God. Yeah. It was the first thing that rang true in my mind because without him, you don't have hope. And that's the, the biggest message I think you know, anybody can take away from this is with God, there is always hope regardless of what the outcome is. Yeah, I've often talked about if you're, if you're really struggling in life, everything's going like fine for you supposedly. But you struggle with depression, you struggle with anxiety, you struggle with uh, anger, you struggle with feeling worthless. You, you just don't know God. You need to be able to know who God is. Um, I appreciate, Nate, you spending time. Uh, the next uh, chemo th- treatment, we'll try and get you in and we'll, we'll talk some more. encourage you to take notes and keep rem- um, reminding us what God is teaching you. Uh, our listening friends, you're listening to Relate365.com, a program called Younger Older with Nate and Dave today. We invite you to go to Relate 365 and get past programs or this one to download. Goodbye. 
Have a question or comment for the younger, older team? Email us at info at relate365.com. Or if you're looking for more information and want to see our resources, check out relate365.com.